welcome to another episode of Audie's Oddities. As always, my name is Audie, and I'm going to tell you about the spooky and scary shit happening in our fucking world. You know, my mama always asks me why I have to add the word fuck or fucking in the middle of a sentence, and sometimes I just think it adds a little pizzazz, you know? So if you're listening to this, mama, so if you're listening to this, mom, so sorry. I know you didn't like that intro, but I had fun. So we're going to start off today's episode a little bit different. We're going to have a little one-on-one. So this is real sleepover talk time, okay? If you're not here for this, skip ahead a couple minutes because we're going to talk about my real life for a second. As many of you may have noticed the past couple weeks, I've sometimes been skipping an episode or two and only putting out one episode a week instead of two. And I love being transparent with you guys and just letting you know what's going on in my life. And currently in my life is, unfortunately, a lot of health problems. I'm not going to get in depth about them, but I would just like to say that I have health issues. I am okay, but there are some days that it is just a little too difficult for me to record an episode and get it posted on time. So I do apologize for that, but on the other hand, this is my show and I make it for my own enjoyment. So if I'm not going to enjoy making something because I'm going to be in extreme pain for it, I'm not going to do it. And some people might come to me and say that's unprofessional. And in my opinion, it is livable. And it's my life, so I want to make it livable. So on the days when I am not going to be posting an episode due to my health problems, I'm going to be posting on my Instagram story more than likely, just letting you guys know that there isn't going to be an episode until the next following Monday or Thursday. And I promise if anything were to progress and get worse, I would let you guys know. I know that you guys love me and I get truly the sweetest messages from you guys and I really appreciate it. With all of that being said, let's get into some fucking crazy shit, you guys. This is going to be another one of our episodes called Case File, whatever number I decide today, because this man is a piece of shit who decided to murder several people and grind them up into burgers. Let's fucking talk about it. So we're going to start off by talking about the piece of shit himself. This man's name is Joe Metheny. Now this man's photo has circulated the internet for probably a decade, maybe more. And it's always attached to a short story about how he would kill people and then grind them up into burgers and sell them at his burger stand. Now listen, I'm here for clickbait. I understand But I'm going to upfront tell you that the whole burger situation is more of a rumor than anything else. We'll get there when we get there. But I didn't want anybody to get their hopes up. Not that you should get your hopes up for that. Please don't get your hopes up for eating people. But you know what I mean. This guy is still a piece of shit. He still murdered a bunch of people. So we're still going to talk about it. But regardless, I just wanted you to know what bandwagon you were jumping on today. All right, let's quit stalling. So Joe was one of six kids, and according to his attorney, his mother worked doubles and, quote, neglected him a lot. But in that same sentence, sir, you just said that she worked doubles, okay? She had a hard time. And what's funny is actually in court, she said on the stand that Joe was smart and had a good childhood. And if he was neglected, it was his own fault because we had a great home. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that there's going to be different sides to stories, especially when there could be abuse. But I'm not believing a man who's murdered and raped people and more than likely ate some of them. So I'm siding with mama today. 
Because might I add that mama worked three jobs. She was a waitress, barmaid, and food truck driver. And despite all of that, made sure that none of the children went hungry and none of them ever went to other homes, anything like that. So if he was neglected, it wasn't to the point that somebody was concerned. At least someone in power was concerned. In Joe's childhood, his mother described him as a very normal child who was extremely intelligent and not mean or angry. And I think that's really fascinating. Solely because we do so much looking into childhoods of serial killers or really messed up people. And normally there's some kind of childhood trauma attached. And I'm not saying that Joe didn't have any. I'm just saying that we weren't made aware of any. In 1973, Joe joined the United States Army. Joe's mother tells us that he served in Germany. But Joe tells us that he served a full tour in Vietnam and became addicted to heroin while he was there. The only problem is his mother doesn't remember him serving in Vietnam, and there's no service reported that he was ever there. Like, there's nothing to confirm that he was ever in Vietnam. Also, not to mention that the American involvement in the Vietnam War had ended a year prior, and he just so happened to not talk to his mother at all while he was in the army. In her words, she said, he just kept drifting further and further away. I think the worst thing that ever happened to him was drugs. It's a sad, sad story. And this is when we're starting to learn that Joe might have been a good person when he was sober, but he had a love for many different drugs. So to start off, I just want to give you a glimpse at what this man looks like. So get your little character creator ready in your brain because I'm about to describe somebody and I need you to see this visual perfectly. So Joe had the nickname Tiny in the 90s, which is hilarious because he is 6'1 with a large heavy frame. And he said, and I quote, I'm 48 and I weigh 450 pounds and not all of that is fat. So this was a big big dude and not just a big dude but a really strong dude so joe liked to hang out at a lot of bars and hang out with some of the local homeless community they would all get together in the makeshift camps and then he would spend all of his money there on cocaine heroin and liquor and while being under the influence of all three of those things he still held a steady job as a forklift driver and was universally described as intelligent, well-spoken, and well-mannered. He also opened his own little burger joint on the side. It was nothing big, just one of those little roadside stands that I believe he did on his own. But, you know, we'll get back to that later. The first murder that Joe committed was a woman named Kathy Ann Magziner. She was 39 years old when, in 1994, he strangled her to death. He buried Kathy Ann's body in a shallow grave on the site of the factory where he was working. And the body would lay there for two years until he dug up her skeleton, took her head and put it in a box to throw into the trash and buried the rest of her body in the nearby woods. I found this out later on, but I'm going to mention it now and with every victim so that way the impact is there. But Joe has confessed to raping or sexually assaulting every single one of his victims. So we also need to keep that in mind here. Joe is a complete piece of shit 
who more than likely raped this woman, strangled her to death, and then left her body in the woods for two years before then just going and fucking with her corpse, throwing the damn head away, and then moving her body just to do it. I'm sure he had a reason, but I'm still mad about it. He would go undiscovered for Kathy Ann's crime for quite some years. It would actually be in 1995, a year after he murdered her, that he would be on trial for two other murders. He was on trial for killing two men named Randall Brewer and Randy Piker. He's accused of murdering both the men with an axe inside of that homeless community where everybody was living. And apparently there was a lot of rivalry in the groups in that camp. So there was a lot of arguments and fighting apparently, but they had trouble getting Joe on this crime. And it was for one big old fucking reason. And that reason is a man named Larry Amos. Not only was Larry looked into for the disappearance of Clashendra Hall, which her story could be an entire hour long episode. Let me know if you wanna talk about her. I want to, I'm not going to in this episode just because I'm talking about only Joe's murders and this was all about Larry. But Larry had gone down to the homeless community and stole the murder weapon, AKA the ax, and used it to kill another man named Everett Dowell. Unfortunately, Randall and Randy were both found on August 2nd, 1995, which was the same day that Larry killed Dowell. Larry was quickly arrested and accused of first degree murder and pleaded guilty to the lesser charge of manslaughter. I'm not sure how. I need to look into this. We need to do a full episode. One person asked me and it will happen. Because this man got an eight year sentence and didn't even serve a full two years because of that whole good behavior bullshit. So because Larry's murder was found on the same day and with the same weapons, the jury in 1996 concluded that there was insignificant evidence to convict Joe of murdering Randall and Randy. But later on, after Joe was convicted for life, he confessed to both of their murders. So I still believe he murdered them. In July of 1996 is when the jury lets him off because of the insignificant evidence. And only three months later in mid-November, he stabs Kimberly Lynn Spicer with a knife. We're told that he lures her into his trailer with the promise of drugs and sexually assaults her before stabbing her and disposing of her body. Then only a few weeks later, he kidnapped a woman named Rita Kempner on December 8th, 1996 and attempted to rape her. But she was a bad bitch. Every victim is a bad bitch, but this woman is a fucking bad bitch. According to the prosecutors, Joe and Rita were in his trailer where he was living at the pallet factory site that he worked on and disposed bodies on. Remember all of that. She refuses to have sex with him and runs out of the trailer. Good for you, girl. Claps all around. So he ends up chasing her, beating her, and dragging her back to the trailer and attempts to rape her. And Rita remembers so vividly, and I know it must have been terrifying for her. He attempts to murder her while saying, I'm going to kill you and bury you in the woods with the other girls. So somehow she escapes through a window of the trailer and flees to police officers in the area. But now Joe knows that he's under police investigation since this woman just ran out of his house knowing that he confessed about murdering people to her 
trying to murder her and tried to rape her. Oh yeah, and you gave her drugs! So now Joe's getting scared because a woman went to the police to, you know, stand up to him. So Joe asks a friend, I'm not kidding y'all, I need you to buckle up. He just casually asks one of his friends, hey buddy, remember that, that body I buried? Yeah, uh, Kimberly, what's her face? Could you just, uh, can you help me move her? This was the actual real life situation of who would you call when you need to bury a body? This really happened for Joe. And my other question is, you've been murdering people for years. You moved the body yourself. Why do you need help all of a sudden? And immediately his friend is like, uh-huh. Yeah, sure, bud. Uh-huh. Anything. Okay, he left. Oh my God, call 911 right now. Because he flees, flees to police on December 15th. And Joe is arrested and charged with her murder on the very same day. So Joe is out at a fucking Christmas party for his job. The same job that he's just casually dumping bodies on. So Joe's just there partying it the fuck up with his boss, who both are about to get arrested. So the police bust the fuck in there, arrest both Joe and the company owner because he thinks they're in cahoots. Because somehow the owner disposed of evidence. I don't know how. I don't know what happened. But if somebody knows, please tell me. Because through all of my research, I couldn't even find out the name of the owner of the company. So if somebody else can, let me know. So now Joe realizes like, ah, fuck, they caught me. Let me do my high horse serial killer thing and act like a big dick boy and act like all these murders were really cool. So he starts confessing about the murders and bragging. He confesses to both Kimberly's murder and Kathy Ann's murder and ends up leading the police to where Kathy Ann's remains were. And of course, unfortunately, Kathy Ann was also decapitated by him, but there were enough teeth left over that they could match her dental records. It makes me so sad, but the tiniest, tiniest bit of me is happy that they were able to match the dental records so that her family got the tiniest bit of closure. So remember how before I told you that all of these attacks involved raping or sexually assaulting these women? Well, one of the reasons that that wasn't brought up heavily in his case is because most of these women were sex workers who were going to Joe in order to get drugs. AKA, police don't give a single fuck about them and that is not okay. And Joe is still going on and bragging about the people he has maybe killed, maybe not, because he's never been convicted of more than Kimberly and Kathy Ann. At one point, he was indicted for killing a woman named Tony Lynn and Garcia, who was only 28 years old, but those charges were later dropped for lack of evidence. He also claims to have killed three other sex workers along Washington Boulevard in Baltimore but there's no evidence for most of those crimes other than his confession, and he didn't know any of the women's names, so there's really no way to tell. And this is when he decided to claim that he would grind up meat and bones into his burgers and sell them, and that's why there's no remains left over. Now keep in mind, he is the one who is saying this. It could totally just be his ego, and it could all not be true. But oh my God, what if it is? If it is, then this is the most Sweeney Todd thing I have ever witnessed. 
And that's saying a lot because I'm in a production of Sweeney Todd. And yes, this was just my minute for me to plug the fact that I am in a production of Sweeney Todd and I'm really excited about it. All right, back to the murder. He also tells us that he would dispose of bodies by throwing them into a river, and that's another reason they would never be found. The Baltimore Sun newspaper reported in 1997, though it's not clear how truthful all of his claims were, that he claims he had killed up to 10 people. Thankfully, while he was rotting in prison in 1997, he was tried for Rita Kempner's case for sexually assaulting her and kidnapping, and he was sentenced 50 years. Fuck yeah! Unfortunately, he was acquitted for attempting to murder her because there was no way they could prove that, but I'm like, bitch, she climbed out the back of a trailer window! Give it to her! He's already in prison for life! What? What's one more charge on top? What's it matter? And in 1998, he was sentenced to death for the murder of Kimberly. Of course, his attorney tries to turn the jury on his side by saying that he was remorseful and that the drugs and alcohol are what changed his personality and made him violent. And now I'm about to go on a motherfucking rant. And I'm about to go on a whole motherfucking rant because there is absolutely no excuse for just being under the influence of something and claiming that it makes you an angry person. When you're drunk, you still get to decide if you're going to touch somebody or not. If you are drunk or under the influence of anything, you get to decide if you yell at somebody, you get to decide if you fucking murder somebody, and you get to decide if you rape somebody. Let's all remember that, okay? Sober or not, you are still in your mind whether you like it or not. Maybe that's a deep, deep, dark part of you that you never wanted to be seen, but it's shown when you're not sober and maybe you should either fix that part of you or know that you can't not be sober because that part of you is going to come out. And clearly this man didn't have remorse considering at his sentencing hearing, he said that he committed murders because he quote, enjoyed it and got a rush or a high out of it and had no real excuse why other than I like to do it. Big Dick Boy just wanted Big Dick Boy energy, and you're not gonna get it, sir. In August of 1989, he pleaded guilty to murdering and robbing Kathy Ann. Prosecutors sought the death penalty on that case, too, but ended up just giving him life since he already had the death penalty. I'm like, come on, couldn't you just given him a double whammy? Unfortunately, his death sentence was overturned in the year 2000. The sentence of his murder for Kimberly was reduced to life without parole rather than the death penalty, which is what he had. And here's why them taking the death penalty away pisses me off. The reason they took it away wasn't because they thought it was just wrong and that he deserved to live. They took it away because they claimed that in that the murder had been committed while committing a robbery, meaning that there was evidence that the robbery was the reason that he was over there and not to murder her, meaning it would be a second degree murder rather than a first degree. But I just, I all I can say is that my bullshit meter is fucking breaking and I'll leave it there. Because basically what you're saying is, oh, well, he just killed her for the drugs, not because he wanted to, so he deserves a lesser sentence. Somebody was still killed. Somebody's life was still had and still matters. I don't care that you gave him life. It's just the fact that you took it away like that. You know what I mean? Joe Metheny was found dead in his prison cell at the Correctional Institution in Cumberland, Maryland on August 5th, 2017, at the age of 62. 
Before he died, supposedly amongst the inmates, he confessed to two more murders, bringing his total to 13. He also continued the rumor amongst the inmates that he would kill and eat these people by telling them he would store human meat in Tupperware containers and mix it in with the burgers and sandwiches. And this story has become so iconic that not only was a video game based off of this, but so was the iconic show, Bob's Burgers. Now, we're going to get to Bob's Burgers in a second. First, we're going to talk about the video game. So there's a mobile game called Mr. Meat Horror Game. And I've played it, you guys. It's actually really fun. In the video game, it tells the story of a man who shares the same name as Joe Metheny, whose wife cheats on him and he eventually becomes a butcher who kidnaps humans and chops up their limbs to sell his meat. There have been two games released under the Mr. Meat franchise, and a third sequel is apparently on the way. I'm not saying that the crimes are right. I'm not saying that I like Joe Metheny. I am saying that those games are fucking fun. I'm pretty sure the creator of that game is Developer, which is the same creators of the Granny Horror series. And if you've played that, one of my favorite games. But anyway, let's talk about what everybody else has been skipping forward to here, which is Bob's Burgers? That's right, the iconic adult cartoon consisting of a family who has a restaurant and lives on the second story of it was originally about cannibals. If you go back and you look at the very first original pilot of Bob's Burgers, they were putting people in the burgers. That's why the family is so strange. Now, don't get me wrong. I fucking love Bob's Burgers. I love the characters in it. I think it's strange and unusual and super fun and one of those sitcoms that is just funny without being weird or gross. You know what I mean? But let me tell you what, when I found out that they were all supposed to be cannibals, it makes their characters make so much damn sense. If you've watched the show, go back and watch it now that you know this information. And if you've never watched it, go and watch it and I'm sorry. You know what? No, I'm not sorry. It's a great show. You should watch it anyway. Oh my god, I can't believe I just talked about a man who possibly ate people and put them in burgers for other people to eat. I will never trust any restaurant ever again. I am going to look at every meat ever suspiciously. Is this why people go vegetarian? I get it. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you hit that subscribe button and you hit the notification bell so that you're told whenever I post a new episode every Monday and Thursday. Also, I've gotten a few requests from you guys, so coming next episode, I'm going to be doing my very first request from somebody, so if you have a request for an episode, make sure that you DM me on Instagram. Also, please make sure wherever you're listening to this podcast to rate me a five stars, and if you have a second, write a couple nice words. I promise they mean the world to me, they make me cry, and I truly appreciate every single one of them. As always, my name is Audie, and this has been Audie's Oddities. 